Russell Westbrook is an unrestricted free agent this offseason. And with his really good performance in the playoffs, will the Clippers bring him back? Should they bring him back? I think they should. And in this episode, I'm going to give you three reasons why on today's Locked On Clippers. You are Locked On Clippers. Your daily Los Angeles Clippers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Yes, sir. You are locking in with the clips. Thank you for making Locked On Clippers the first, your first listen every day, your team every day. I'm your host, Darren Viziri, and going into my 19th season as a Clipper fan this fall, you can also follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Dime Dropper Pod and subscribe to my own YouTube channel, Dime Dropper, for even more NBA and LA sports content going live after every single night of playoff basketball to talk about the games. And Locked On Clippers is free and available on all your favorite podcasting platforms, including YouTube, where I want you to comment why you do or don't want Russell Westbrook back. So obviously, as you can tell from the title of the episode, I do want Russell Westbrook back, and I'm going to tell you three reasons why. Starts with his playmaking, what he does on the court, how he improved his performance in the playoffs, which was the big doubt about him, and then his emotional and vocal leadership, the intangible things that he brings to the table. Now, this offseason is a big one in terms of Russell Westbrook. Coming off of the Lakers, people thought, will he get another contract? Like, he's playing so poorly right now, and young teams don't necessarily want him because Point guard is not a position that a lot of teams are lacking. A lot of teams either have a really good point guard or a young point guard they want to develop. So Russell Westbrook doesn't necessarily, at you know, coming off the Lakers, as I said, teams don't really have point guard vacancies, and Russell Westbrook wanted to start. And that's one of the reasons he came to the Clippers. Clearly, we guaranteed him a starting spot. He came in, and he played his way into for sure getting a new contract, a solid one, this offseason. It won't be $46 million a year. But you're, I definitely think it'll be in the range between 10 to 20 million if he tries to get the most money he can get. That's 10 to 20 million per year, in my opinion, because he's still worth that for at least another two years with his athleticism. And as you could see, if he's surrounded by the proper personnel, he can still provide a positive impact to the team. And when I say proper personnel, I mean some good shooters. And, you know, this is not something that the Clippers don't even do that well, but a team that likes to push pace. Those are really good for Russ, who proved that he's still a good player and will probably, if what we, from what we're hearing, he wants to get the most money he can get. And if that's the case, well, he's probably going to get a better deal than the Clippers can offer him. Because remember, with the CBA rules, the new CBA rules, the Clippers, are, because they're over the second tax apron, they can't go further over the tax. All they can do is sign guys to minimum contracts. We can't use our tax level or mid-level exception, whatever that is, the TPMLE taxpayers mid-level exception all that we can basically only sign guys on minimum contracts unless we move some contracts and that's probably what i think we're going to try to do to keep russell westbrook because it's very clear that everybody liked him but let's talk about the first reason why i think russ is, should come back he really did add to our playmaking for many months we said we don't need a point guard it's not going to help we, all that matters is if we create good enough shots and look i think with terrence Mann at the point with Kawhi and paul george healthy we did create enough good shots throughout the season. We still managed to get good shots. The problem is two things with that. 
when Paul George is one of your top two on-ball initiators, he's very turnover-prone. Very turnover-prone. It's not just the turnovers, because you can say that about Russ. It's the timeliness of them. Now, you might be saying, Russ is, that's so hypocritical, because Russell Westbrook is known, one of his biggest knocks is that he has really timely turnovers. The difference is, for all those turnovers, he's still having three or four fantastic passes to go along with it. He's a true point guard that can pass the ball. As I always say, he's the second best passer we've had, or should I say the best passer we've had since Chris Paul. But I want to give an honorable mention to one Milos Teodosic in the 2017-18 season. But besides Chris Paul, you know, for a starting point guard that we've had, a consistent starting point guard, he's the best passer we've had. He reminded me, and you really get to see it when you watch him every night on your team, how great of a passer Russell Westbrook is. The pace that he puts on his passes to fizz it in with a small window before the defense can react. You know, his constant look-aheads, trying to dump it down to Zubats. The passes to Paul George and Kawhi coming off screens right in their shot pocket so they can go up for the shot within a second. Doesn't have to adjust, which with Terrence Mann, with Kawhi Leonard, with Paul George at the controls, sometimes you see their passes aren't as crisp. And then the ultimate sign of a great passer to me, when I'm watching the game on TV with that beautiful broadcast view and they're still making passes that I'm not even seeing. So that's the beauty of Russell Westbrook, his passing. And of course, the main reason we brought him in, how does he create most of his passes? Downhill dribble penetration. One of my biggest concerns was if they're going to keep sagging off of Russ, or is he going to be able to get by his guy and get to the rim? And for the most part, he could. And he did a good job off the ball, which was Really what I was shocked at and my, one of my biggest knocks of him with the Lakers is he wasn't really moving off the ball, but he found a way to attack the offensive glass when he was left open and also cut to the basket at times and be a screener more than he was with the Lakers. But overall, his ability to add some athleticism, some rim pressure was huge for the Clippers, somebody that can get two feet in the paint. And look, the fact that he's 33 years old, oldest player on the team, and he's the, besides Nico Batum, of course, and he's the most athletic Basically, either him or Terrence Mann, really. It just shows how much we needed that. And his work on the glass, I mean, is spectacular as well. But it's mainly his playmaking. I underestimated, and I've said this many times in the podcast, I've, I underestimated what having a great passer was um, did for the team. Because we didn't have a great passer. We had good passers at best. But Paul George, he said it best. The main problem, besides his turnovers that I was going to mention, was that he doesn't want to handle the ball so much. He wanted Westbrook to take the ball out of his hands. He says, I'm fine with it, but I don't prefer it. Basically means he doesn't like it. So Kawhi Leonard and Paul George, it's not just Paul George. Kawhi Leonard has been very vocal behind the scenes from everything we've heard that he wanted a point guard as well. And Ty Lue is the point guard whisperer. He wants a point guard. He's admitted it many times. He likes having that. And Russell Westbrook is a true floor general. Is he perfect? No, but did he add to our playmaking and make our offense better? Unequivocally, in my opinion, the answer is yes. And what I also love is that when he didn't have it going, he was okay with just relaxing. But his playmaking and his downhill rim pressure are the first reason I would like him back. But coming up, the biggest thing about Russ was, oh, okay, he can be fine in the regular season. What's he going to do in the playoffs? Well, he did something all right. Going to be talking about that coming up. Before I do that, I got to tell you about America's number one sportsbook, and that's FanDuel. Right now, new new customers can get a no-sweat first bet up to $2,500. That's $2,500 back in bonus bets if your first bet on FanDuel doesn't win. The NBA Finals, right now, I would place your bets on the Denver Nuggets. I mean, it just feels too good to be true for them. And they just look like the better team. It feels meant to be. There's no better place 
to do all that and bet on all the playoff action. It could be the Stanley Cup Finals as well. You have to do that all on FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Just visit FanDuel.com slash on and get a no-sweat first bet up to $2,500. That's FanDuel.com slash on. FanDuel, the official sports betting partner of the NBA. All right. So let's talk about the playoffs, right? So as a Clipper, Russell Westbrook's regular season stats were 16 points, 5 rebounds, and 8 assists. So not bad. A little bit of everything in there. 49% from the field and 36 from 3, though. You'll absolutely take that. But in the playoffs, he took his game to another level. And it took until Game 5 for him to have a bad game. But in Game 1, and this hurt his field goal percentage, he only shot 41% in that first round series, but he shot 36% from 3. So that's, I mean, really good for Russ. You'll take that all day. But 41% from the field, a lot of that was skewed by Game 1, where he was 3 for 19, but he did every single other thing that you needed for the Clippers to win that game. And in games three and four, I mean, he was just electric, making threes, scoring at a rate where I was just in awe a lot of the time. I really was in awe. He was attacking the basket. He was posting up. And that's one thing I really like about him as well, that he has the ability to post up. That gets him two feet in the paint. And, oh, man, the confidence he was playing with was off the charts. And that's one thing that we really brought back for Russ. With the Lakers, you can clearly tell it was all in his head mentally just didn't seem like his most confident self and that's very normal when you don't feel wanted with the team you know they're putting your name in trade rumors players potentially being involved behind the scenes and all that and they've been trying to move off you for a whole summer that doesn't feel very good and you start to see Russell Westbrook kind of act out of character and then with us he was this ray of sunshine with the media with the players nobody said a bad word about him I mean, it was just amazing. And the way he played in the playoffs without Kawhi Leonard and Paul George. Now, some might say he only played that well because they didn't play. But to that, I say we were 1-1 with Kawhi Leonard with the home court advantage coming back to L.A. And we wouldn't have been there without Russell Westbrook's amazing defensive performance in game one. I mean, this guy, one of his biggest knocks in the regular season, and I went to this route as well because in my opinion it was true, was that his defense in the regular season was inconsistent. Some nights he would be electric, working really hard, showing off his athleticism. His help defense would be good and his pursuit of the ball getting over screens would be good. Then other times he'd be lost off the ball. He wouldn't be bending down and even getting in his stance fighting over any screens. And he just wasn't really communicating. But in the playoffs, he was locked in every single game on that end of the floor. And he guarded Kevin Durant. He took the challenge of guarding what we believe to be their best player heading into the series. And he is so incredible. I think he might be the best against Kevin Durant at timing those blocks from behind in the rear view, getting over screens, and Russ, I mean, the amount of those that he had were was just incredible, and then that block and knock off the leg of Devin Booker at the end of game one, after a couple huge offensive rebounds and then clutch free throws, I mean, that was one of his most unique playoff games to me, and trust me, for all the reputation that Westbrook has of being a playoff choker or whatever, he's had some amazing playoff games. And that was one of those underrated ones for him, in my opinion. But in the series, 24 points, 6 rebounds. I'm sorry, no. 24 points, 8 rebounds, and 7 assists. I mean, 24, 6, and 7, I'll take that. I'm sorry, 24, 6, and 8, I'll take that all day long. I mean, the fact that he had his best playoff series since 2017, that shows me that in his role, 
I think that Russell Westbrook, he might be okay in the playoffs. And I think the main thing that makes me confident about it is that Ty Lue was willing to go away from him when he wasn't playing well, and he didn't make a fuss. He didn't cause a ruckus. He just, you know, trudged on, and he was very supportive of his teammates when he was on the bench in those situations. And that's the ultimate sign of a great teammate, and that's the one thing that we said, I don't know if Russ would be okay with doing because he's Russell Westbrook at the end of the day, but he showed that he just wanted to show everybody that he could still help a team win, you know? And that what everybody was saying about him with the Lakers, he was a vampire, sucking the life out of the place, all that stuff was over the top. But some might say he was just doing it because he was playing for another contract, possibly his last one. And there's definitely a an element to that as well, that he got humbled and you know he still wants to prove to everybody that he's still a, a team player. Not that not saying he was never not a team player, but just that you know, everybody's saying he had a lack of sacrifice with the Lakers and he couldn't really accept that he had to come off the bench and all this stuff and didn't take accountability and all that. But he was the total opposite over here with us. So, yeah, one of my biggest reasons why I want to keep Russell Westbrook, besides the downhill rim pressure and his playmaking, is that he played better in the playoffs. So that was my one test for him. If he played better in the playoffs, I have no problem with him. That's all that matters to me. Regular season is one thing, but if you play better when the, when the lights get brighter then I'm okay with it. And some might say, dude, you guys still lost 4-1. Not like his stats meant anything in the end. Well, him beating Devin Booker and Kevin Durant as the best player on his team in 2023 with a roster that's paying two guys a total of $100 million that aren't playing, that is not, like, you're asking too much of the guy. So he did his best, and I would love to have him back based on not just his playmaking, but the way he played better in the playoffs. He deserves another chance to play in the playoffs with Kawhi Leonard and Paul George, but coming up, going to be talking about the last thing, and in my opinion, the thing the Clippers lacked even more than their downhill rim pressure, going to be talking about that coming up. All right, so the final thing that I think the Clippers missed ever since they let go of Patrick Beverly was that vocal and emotional leader, and that's what Russell Westbrook is to a T. It's not just that he's a true point guard, which first of all, he's not necessarily. When he was young, everybody was saying that he was a score first point guard. He's more of a scorer than a than a passer, all this. Then he led the league in assists and points, like on some tiny Archibald stuff. So, I mean, again, the point guard position has changed. It's I'm not getting into that whole conversation, but the point is this. Russell Westbrook, besides all that, what he really brought was that true vocal leadership. Kawhi Leonard is a more quiet guy, a stoic leader, a lead-by-example guy. Paul George is, I think he's a leader, but he's not the most confident player in the world. So, like, how can you follow a guy that doesn't even know who he's going to be on most nights, like, on, on every single night, you know? He's a different version of Paul George so so many times, or, you know, so often. Russell Westbrook is a true leader of men in the sense that he's a communicator he's going to uplift guys and you know i don't remember who it was i don't know if it was ennis Cantor or it wasn't ennis Cantor. i forget who it was but somebody was talking about how he's genuinely interested in everybody's life you know that's a true teammate a real guy and that's one thing i've noticed about russ similarly to how patrick beverly is he has a very us versus the world mentality and russell westbrook when he's with a roster he goes all in with that roster and that's one thing you could see off the bat, you know, and certain guys like Zubots, right, who don't get enough touches, in my opinion. Russ was a guy who, looking like when Zoo's underneath, I'm actually going to throw him the ball. Paul George has a mismatch. Let's clear out the side. I'm throwing him the ball. 
You know, we saw a higher IQ version of Russell Westbrook with the Clippers, a guy that actually understands who needs the ball at what moment. That's something that we've really lacked in this 2-1-3 era, even with Patrick Beverly. So that's one thing. And also, this team lacked heart. There's no other way to say it. We lacked heart without Pat Bev. Too many games where we got blown out and no one seems to give a damn. No one seems to show any emotion when we're losing. Russell Westbrook, he's an emotional player. And I love that about him because it's relatable for me. I love that he roars to the crowd. I love that he runs to the baseline and claps to the fans before the game and stares at everybody. I love that. He makes the fans feel important. And when he adds that kind of fire to a game, it's contagious. It really is. I just felt the sense that we were playing with more life when he came here. I felt as though we were playing with more... I think the fans are having more fun. But as I said, yeah, more life, more energy. I feel like the games mattered more. And you need guys like that. You, I don't think you can just win a championship without any emotional or vocal leaders like that. I mean, I get it, Nico Batum, but like, come on, he's a bench player. You need a guy that's going to go out there and be a connector, so to speak, and from a vocal perspective. And I think Russell Westbrook is that guy. And I think we need that guy whether Russell Westbrook re- remains with the Clippers or not. I don't like the Kawhi Leonard-Paul George duo as leaders. I don't. I don't think either of them embrace leadership enough. Kawhi Leonard, he leads on the basketball court. And I don't think he's the most quiet guy on the court. I can hear him talking on defense. But we just need you need an emotional leader. Every single team kind of had that to me. Even the Spurs in the past. Like, Tim Duncan, by the way, talks more than people give him credit for. Like, Manu, you know what I'm saying? Like, he's a guy that's like a talkative guy, you know? And for Argentina, he did it. You know what I'm saying? Draymond Green for the Warriors. You know, for the Raptors, Kyle Lowry. For the Bucks, I mean, Giannis talks, but they also have Brooke Lopez. They have Drew Holiday. Like, they have talkative guys. The Clippers, it just before Russ and after Pat Bev, it just felt like we didn't have enough of that leaders, you know, leadership personalities, guys that are going to embrace that role. And I think that's huge. And I think Russ really does help us with that. And, you know, you want guys like that on your team that are going to be all out for and looking to make everyone else taken care of, have everyone else taken care of before himself. I think with, with the Clippers, Russ did that. So his playmaking and his downhill rim pressure and his passing, we really need. I love the way he played in the playoffs. That makes me want to have him back and have the confidence to say, yes, I want him back because in the playoffs, I trust him, which I didn't necessarily when we got him. And then the emotional and vocal leadership that we lacked. I'm big on that stuff. People think, what does that even mean? You haven't played sports then, if that's what you think. It it does matter. And you do need it on championship teams. And we didn't have that. Because Kawhi Leonard and Paul George, who some of you guys are just fans of, not fans of the Clippers, only fans of them, you'll never agree with me on that because you're too obsessed with that. I'm a team fan. I'm not going to sugarcoat anything. We needed a vocal leader. Paul George and Kawhi Leonard, they're not talkative enough for me. They're too cool for school. I want a guy that's going to wear his heart on his sleeve. And that's Russell Westbrook. But let me know what you thought. What do you think of the reasons I listed? Do you want Russell Westbrook back and why or why not? You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at DimeDropperPod. Subscribe to my own YouTube channel, DimeDropper, for even more Clipper and LA sports content. And of course, you've got to subscribe to Locked On Clippers. On the next episode, I'm going to be talking about, I'm not 100% sure if I will, but I think I will, on if Terrence Mann improved this past season. So make sure you tune into that. As I said, you can always leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. That'd be much appreciated. But of course, 
make sure you subscribe to the YouTube channel. Let's get to 3,000 subscribers. And make sure you comment on the pin question of what you thought of Russell Westbrook this season. If you want him back, why or why not? The age-old proverb continues. And by the way, did you like my uh, new background, YouTube people? Come on. I think we look pretty professional now. But the age-old proverb continues. Go Clippers.